But one of the things you want to do is you actually want to address the objection in the moment because a lot of people are like, oh, well, hold, take objection, uh, questions, objections to the end. And that's rubbish because the thing is, is they're going to focus on whatever they're holding back, whatever the opinion is. If you don't deal with it, it may stem into 50 other things that you then have to deal with that you're like, where the hell did this come from? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Got another one for you tonight. Going to be talking about the brain again, brain hacking, behavioral intelligence, more sales stuff. Get your prospect going. Let me uh, bring him in here. We got our co-host, Craig Lack, and our guest, Benjamin Bressington. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, super excited to be here, fellas. Hey. All right. All right. Look, we'll get right into it. I mean, we're going into these meetings, Ben. We're going into them cold, right? Typically cold calls, most meetings. Um, and, you know, you're trying to read the prospect, right? And one of the things I guess you could say is, is is body language. There's three types. And what should we be watching for, you know, as we're not during that meeting and talking to them throughout the meeting? Yeah, well, uh, one of the things I noticed with uh, most salespeople is they actually don't really know how to read body language. And they often fail to miss the obvious signs. There's literally three uh, body language triggers that we teach most of our salespeople and it's even what we created our AI to actually detect because most people aren't paying attention to actually detect it. And uh, one of them is really, really important. Um, And I'm going to see if you guys can actually guess what it is. What do you think the body language trigger is? For when people are holding back a no or holding back an objection. What is the body language? Crossed arms. Yeah. No. Good guess. No. A lot of people would say this this crossed arms thing. So the problem with this all this body language stuff is context. And people like go, you know what? I read on LinkedIn one time that if they look down and to the left, they're lying, right? Or is on a TV show. Or, you know, <laughs> crossed arms means uh, that they're, they're deceiving you or there's deception or something like that. And to be honest, it's crap because the thing is, is what's taking out of that is context because the thing is, is you could be cold. They could be literally comfortable. And the thing is, is what you need to understand is what is their baseline? Like when I'm sitting somewhere, like I quite often sit like this because it's comfortable. It is protecting myself and it's not necessarily making me open. So if you were a good salesperson, you would hand me something. Because what is that going to do? That's going to open me up. It's possibly going to make me lean in. It's going to change my state. But that's let's not get to the advanced stuff, fellas. Let's talk about how do I detect if someone's trying to say no or they're not believing what I'm saying. They move away from the table, back up. Is that when they usually tell you to go away, piss off, something like that? Is that what you're thinking is going on there? <laughs> I think so. No, well, let, let me give you the first one, right? There's, remember, yeah. there's three core ones. So if anyone's listening to this, you want to pay attention to this, right? Here's the here's the writer downer. It is what they call a lip compression, and it means you're biting your lip. And the, the behavioral instinct from this is what toddlers use to tell their mothers that they no longer want any milk. It's the words. It's actually how you go about saying no, but you're actually holding back. So it's like you're actually compressing your lips. You're actually forcing your mouth shut to actually stay close. And it means there's a withheld opinion, withheld objection right now. And most salespeople miss it. And they just keep talking. They just keep yap, 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 yap. And they don't realize that, hold on, there's an objection that right now, if I do not address it, 
It is literally going to kill the deal when I go to close. Because it's just ringing in their head. Yep. Yep. And you lost them. 100%. So is it quick? It's something quick that happens and then they stop or they're going to keep It doesn't have to be quick. Like like they're literally sitting there holding something back. You could have literally said – Something they don't agree with, something they're not happy with. You could you could have said a, a, a statistic that they don't agree with, and because you're kind of bulldozing straight through, like you don't realize that that voice is then ringing in the head, creating doubt, creating stuff. I don't believe you. Therefore, like you're just losing trust and authority. And so like we can how do literally, I, how do we yeah. how do we re I guess say, reel them back in or or pause and and address it? So it should be paused and addressed at that point. 100%. So one of the things you want to do is you actually want to address the objection in the moment because a lot of people are like, oh, well, hold, take objection, uh, questions, objections to the end. And that's rubbish because the thing is, is they're going to focus on whatever they're holding back, whatever the opinion is. They may have got advice from another financial planner. You know, their mom's sister may have just dealt with something and then she, whatever, right? Or whatever hearsay they had on Facebook, right? So the thing is, is if you don't deal with it, it may stem into 50 other things that you then have to deal with that you're like, where the hell did this come from? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So w- do we just kind of pause there and qu- ask them a question or what's the best yeah, thing so to the, do there? The last thing you want to do, if you want to sound like a real uh, wackadoo, right? The last thing you want to say is, hey, I saw you do a lip compression. So you're obviously holding back an objection. Do not say that. Otherwise, they will escort you out of the house very, very quickly. Just go, well, you know, because one of the things you're doing as a salesperson is you're looking for change. You're trying to look for change, monitor for change, change in behavior, right? So the thing is, is you just go, well, hey, uh, based on what I've just said, is there any questions you have about that or any thoughts or have you heard about something like this before? And then stay quiet for three seconds at least. Count in your head. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, like shut your mouth and let them answer. Because what most people are going to do is they're going to fill the silence. So... That was a big one to watch for. Yeah. And I would also guess that you wouldn't want to say, well, you know, based on your reaction, I'm guessing that you were a breastfeeder when you were a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Breastfeeder or bottle. Either way, like you really don't want to get into that because like then the conversation goes in a different direction. I mean, I guess you could, you know, kind of say, look, I'm going to pause there and just check to to see if you have any questions regarding what we've gone through so far, you know, just kind of slow it down. Keep Keep going, man. You're on a roll. What's number two? Yeah. Oh, well, we don't want to save that to later in the show. You want to give it away with all the good stuff right now? Oh, there's right a, there's a lot on the agenda, man. I want, I, want, <laughs> all right, so, I want to hear how these guys sabotage themselves, too. Uh, all right. So number two is literally that um, it's called a single shoulder raise. And one of the things what you want to watch for, so like it, it can be quick. The shoulder literally just pops up because what it stems from is this is like a doubt, like I don't know, right? And it's uh, protecting yourself. But what you're looking for is a single shoulder pop, and that's usually quick. Right, just like that, and the thing is, it can be either shoulder, and what that means is uh, disagreement. I literally don't agree. It means I don't agree with what I'm saying or what you're saying, and you'll notice it in conversations. You'll even notice it at Starbucks, for example, when people are talking about stuff. Um, so that's number two. Follow on. Yeah, and, and, I never heard and, of that one before. And again, how do we pivot in there when we see that? What's the reaction? What do we do? So what you want to be thinking about is so what's the change? That just happened. And what you want to be thinking about it, what am I talking or is it something they're saying? Because they might be talking about something 
and like they're not expressing the full details or the full story and like they've kind of they're doubting what they're saying right they're just the shoulder is just popped either one of the shoulders it really doesn't matter so if there's doubt you're gonna go so um you could always say something along the lines of did something else just happen to that or have you had a different experience that's uh, changed your mind or you want to kind of probe a little bit for a little bit more information if you're um, saying it and you've noticed it's their response to you rather than their own talking. Well, you want to be paying attention to that and circle back to it in the conversation and ask them uh, if they've got any feedbacks, do they have any thoughts, have they heard any other data associated with that and just get them talking because there's something, it's a, it's a hot spot for conversation. It's a hot spot for you to continue through your conversation. So we're going to hit number three now. Go for it. So number three uh, so we covered the the lip compression. Uh, we covered the single shoulder raise. The other one um, is uh, object insertion. And what most people miss this, so ladies do it where they'll put their hair in their mouth. Uh, they're not trying to pick you up. Uh, what it actually means is they need reassurance right now. So it could be as simple as I start chewing on a pen. I had to actually pick up this marker and like literally if I just start to, if something crosses my lips, that's called object insertion. And what you need to picture, like, picture right there is reassurance. In that moment, whatever you're talking about, I need reassurance. Happens a lot when you say, so what do you think about that price? <laughs> and the pivot is pause again. Pause Question. again. And how would, you, how would you reassure them? You go, you know what? It may sound like a lot of money, but I was talking. I was. Uh, I've got a client the other day that I was. Uh, we were dealing with, and they went through this situation. So this is where you could prevent social facts, stories, testimonials, endorsements, evidence, validation. They need reassurance. They just need reassurance. They're doing the right thing, making the right so decision. Like the so right back, back to the value building part of the sale, right? We we studied a lot of Jordan Belford taught that on the show, and he talks about you know value building, looping back. 100%. When, when you read it, you got to loop back and resell the value of the program or, or what you're pitching because there's just, I think there's just uncertainty. Um, let, let's move on. You know, with, we, we were talking about the brain last week and um, some brain rewiring, things like that. Talk to me about, so we're in this first meeting. What are the mistakes that can, you know, throw off maybe building the rapport, the trust, the trust creation in the initial meeting or in the beginning of the meeting? So um, following the line of Jordan stuff, one of the best things you can literally do is within the first two minutes of the conversation um, uh, that you want to actually set the agenda, uh, set a time period, and take clear leadership. Uh, most humans actually need to be instinctive, instinctively led, right? So the thing is, is uh, if you don't take the lead, if you hum and ha with uh, uncertainty, and if you create that just because of your presentation, if you've got your hunched shoulders, if you're not sitting up, if you're not breathing deep, if you're not confidently projecting yourself, you're literally creating doubt and inspiring doubt. What you want to be doing is um, confidently and clearly speaking, you want to go, hey, look, over the next 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever the agenda is for whatever the time period is, this is what's going to happen. And here's the path we're going to go. I'm going to take you through this framework I have that I use to answer questions and explain this process to you. And it's going to involve one, two, three, or whatever, however many steps you have. And as a result, you've literally 
taking control of the situation. You've told them a plan. You've given them an agenda. And if they're the personality type where they love checklists, they're going to require you to finish and go through the agenda. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. And, and you know, last week we were talking about communication styles, personality types. Are the words that we're using determining our personality in a meeting, is it something – is personality something that – you, you should try to tweak in, in a meeting if the person's different, right? Or do you stick with who you are and find clients who are more like you? Well, so if, you, if, uh, if you're aware of your personality style, so everyone who is here should be aware of their personality style and what it is. Um, if you want to find more people like you, you've got to do that in the lead generation stage. You've got to be actually uh, filtering your list. And that's one of the things we help people do is literally filter and segment their list based on personality types. Cause you don't want to work with the personality types that drive you crazy. Like let's, let's think about it. You've been to a lead that could have been, you could have gone to be seeing a, a couple and one of those people just drove you bonkers. was just like, what the living hell am I doing in this place? Right. The thing is, is you have to know how to handle that person. And you also know how, have to know, how well, how do you have to communicate to actually connect with them? Because this is the biggest mistake most people make uh, is that they communicate in their personality style and not in the personality style of the person they're trying to connect with. That's what's most important. You need to know what yours is. And, for example, certain personality types will come across dickish or too pushy to certain personality types. And um, others, you need to be more social, more talkative. Um, and the thing is, is you need to be aware of how you're coming across and how you need to alter to connect with them. Otherwise, everything you say is literally in vain. They're going to tune you out. They're going to push you out the door because you're not communicating the way they need you to communicate with them. So the biggest mistake you can make is communicate to everyone in your style because hmm. you're communicating with one in four people. And salespeople typically have what type of personality or communication style? Is it, are we very similar in nature? It's uh, We've analyzed a lot of salespeople, and it's all across the board. Um, I've seen some people who are the owl personality uh, that are very detailed, be phenomenal salespeople, because you know what? They will follow the sales checklist A through 10. Um, the... And so, for example, me saying A through 10 has already pissed off some people, and I know it. I'm just playing a trigger here because I didn't use 1 through 10, right? I said A through 10. So there's different personalities that I'll pick up on different details. Uh, if we talk about the peacock-style personality, uh, that personality is the social person. This is the person I call Vegas, right? I named that peacock Vegas because it's just like going to Vegas. They're glitz, they're glamour, they're social. Uh, they get frustrated when they feel like you're not noticing them or paying attention to them. Even though you're trying to explain and pitch your product, you've got to involve them in the story. You've got to let them share their stories. Otherwise, they'll be like, he never heard me. He never, he never connected with me. <laughs> that makes you one. Part. Instead of one out of four, John, you're more like one out of eight, brother. I know. Mine's getting <laughs> you're narrowed down. One in a million, my friend. One in a million. The further my career goes, the the, the lower communication of style of the people <laughs> I, I, I resonate to. No, you're hey. just getting smarter about who you are, and then that's it. Yeah, I mean, who you are. You're in and, denial you know, before. Yeah, Ben, you know, we, we deal with typically the, the owner, CEO of the company, a fi yeah. or a finance person, or a human resource, right? And so you've got three yeah. different personality types that we're trying to 100%. learn to communicate with. Um, so you're, you're saying that the, the, the personality will impact sales dramatically. 
100%. Because every personality style literally has a different decision-making process and logic rationale style. So how you sell to them is unique to each personality. And if you've got multiple of them, you have to be aware of that because you may have to present your information completely different uh, for each of the four personality styles. I'm a big believer in the four personality styles because you can't remember 16 of them and who really gives a crap when it gets to that point. The thing is, is we teach people the bird method. Um, so there's a peacock, a dove, an eagle, and an owl. And as long as you know that, you can literally apply all these fancy personality metrics in a, in a heartbeat really, really quickly. And uh, oh. you'll find that conversations with everyone become a hell of a lot easier. Well, so we talked about the peacock. Let's go into each one then. Let's break them down. All right. So um, you got the... Uh, you got the eagle, right? That's the decisive, usually the leader, the CEO, that type of uh, leader, clear leader position. Position. They're very decisive. They everything's ROI. Everything's what's the return on this investment? Uh, they're very task orientated. What do I have to do now to get the outcome? My outcome is I want to get that new yacht this year. My outcome is I want to do whatever. My outcome is I, I want to um, have health benefits for something very clear, right? Uh, depending on the insurance goal. So the thing is, is that's the eagle. You can tell them they're fast talking. You can tell that I am an eagle. I'm very decisive. I take quick action and I move through things. And I'm looking to what do I have to do to get to the next step and achieve that goal? Do you, like at the end of the day, just picture an eagle. What would an eagle do? It scouts out its prey and it's going to hit that thing from a mile away and you better bloody watch out. Those are the, those are the easier ones to communicate to, I, I think, you know, in yeah, all the world. The eagle and the owl, pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, Talk about yeah the peacock. What was the other well, one? You didn't you didn't cover yeah. you didn't cover the owl. Yeah. So the owl is the uh, know it all. The owl is the person who uh, needs needs the blueprint. They need the, the white paper. When the owl says, "I need to think about it," they're gonna think about it. They're gonna go read the paper. They're gonna go um, research this thing online. They're gonna watch fifty different reviews and testimonials and case studies. So when you present to them. You need to make sure you got the facts. You better make sure that if you quote statistics, you can back everything up and validate it. Like, have you ever been on a on a call and they've said, like, where did you get that data from? Where did you get that information from? Where's this information from? Have you ever experienced that? Craig, Craig, you're a data guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, strangely, okay, so we're kind of like uh, middlemen, Ben, so. We're dealing with the end user buyers in some instances, but we're we're also involved mostly with the people who sell to the ultimate buyer. So we're trying to add value and educate them on ways they can make more sales faster. And strangely enough, uh, most of them are just like the owl. Yeah. Detailed numbers. Know it all. Know it all. If you quote wrong metrics. 100%. If you quote wrong data, you're going to piss them off and they are literally going to instantly lose respect and your influence is literally going to go down. And we can literally track influence uh, through our, uh, our AI. We can literally see who you have influence over based on their linguistics, their word patterns. It's quite phenomenal. So we've covered the eagle and the, um, the owl, owl, right? And the peacock. peacock. Right. So the peacock is Vegas. Uh, I call that one. It's They love the, the attention. They love all the details. I'm sure you can see those people out there. They're the ones that will tell you a story. They've always got a story. And they feel 
um, like disconnected if you don't use their name, if you don't uh, flatter them, if you don't uh, pay attention. You'll notice that a lot of couples, if you're dealing with multiple people, may actually be the opposites. So it can really be in their relationship. It really can be like a, this constant cockfight. But the reality is, is they understand how to connect and there'll be compromise, which happens. So that's the peacock. The last one is uh, people may know it as the, uh, the pigeon or the dove. And this one, like think of a dove. What do you picture when you picture a dove, right, or a pigeon? It's a pack animal. They uh, scare easy. Very, very flighty. Um, when you ask them what's for dinner or what we're eating for dinner and when you're going to go out for a restaurant, like, they'll be the ones that are like, I'm not sure. What do you want? What, what do you want? What do you want, Frank? What's going on? And like they're always, they can't decide. If you take them to a restaurant that's got too many items on the menu, they're never going to choose. Like have you ever, like every, every time the waiter comes, they're like, oh, I haven't read the menu yet. I don't know what's going on. They're looking at every, every hour of the meal that's come out in the restaurant. Do you, do you know anyone like that? Yep. <laughs> Plenty of people like that. Yeah. They piss so, you off, so right? That's when John's date ends. <laughs> if she can't order. If she can't order at dinner, that's it. See you later. Call Steak Uber. and lobster and get out. Yeah. Not much patience here. So, uh, you know, going back to the personality types and stuff, how are they, how are salespeople kind of self-sabotaging themselves uh, in these meetings that you see most often? So most of the time, uh, they fail to establish influence and authority, right? And we can actually see that. We can actually see their authenticity change based on how they're going in and out of the script. And authenticity from our data metrics is actually becoming extremely valuable because if you're, if you can't authentically share that story, and if you kind of go into that script mode where you kind of like reading your script and like your eyes kind of roll back into the back of your head, people notice that from a body language perspective. And what's fascinating is. If you have doubts about what you're talking about, your body language will subconsciously communicate to that to the other person. And most people will get an uneasy gut feeling. Have you ever experienced that when someone's trying to sell you into something and you're just like, something about this just doesn't feel right? Yeah, they're, they're falling asleep. I tend to do that sometimes when you get in a standard pitch because you've done it so many times. You're like, oh, God, I got to repeat this. And you go into doze off, doze off mode. I, I think there's interesting things going on in the marketplace. I mean, you know, a lot of times that the inexperienced salesperson's like, you know, we've been around for 79 years and have 872 clients and yada, yada. And it's all about them and nobody really cares. Or uh, this new kind of thing that I think, you know, talking heads are recommending is that you tell them your story. You know, you have to tell them who you are. And, you know, I graduated college and I did this and I did that and then and now here I am. And, you know, it's like, why does anybody care about that? Is that is that uh, building authority in your mind or is it something? Else? No, it's not building authority because, you know what, if I'm a D, I don't give a crap about your story. Your, your story better articulate how you got some ROI and some results real quick because the three years you spent at Harvard or community college means crap to me and my ROI. And you know what? I've got yeah. something to do in 10 minutes, so you better bloody hurry up. Yeah, that's, um, I, yeah. I think, yeah, I don't, I think, a lot I don't of people think, think that's building rapport. So what they're missing is they're missing that the importance of story and the, and the importance of an arc in a presentation, that's what they're missing. So they're like, you know what, you got to tell your story. Yes, you can tell your story, but if you don't connect it to the results and how it's connected to the presentation, um, it really doesn't matter. And the thing is, if you can't deliver that confidently, like a lot of people go to tell their story 
and it's like limp. There's no life to it. There's no excitement to it. You wouldn't tell it around a bloody fire or over a beer with friends. So why the hell are you thinking that it's the thing that's going to create connection between you and the person you're asking for money? Yeah, it's um, you yeah. got to really do it well, or it, it just doesn't come across that that good. It's got to sink into the into the conversation. It's got to sink into the sale. Shit, when I hired a, a speaking coach, me and me and him rewrote the the thing many times to get the story right. Where in your head it sounds great, but oh, I want it to sound this way. This is how it. And to the other person, to the buyer, it's just a completely different story. It just doesn't sync with them, right? Yeah, what are some ways? What are some ways to establish authority in the meeting with the prospect? Well, uh, so establishing authority comes from clearly articulating the agenda, having um, clear message, uh, and the time period. If you do that, you're going to get a long way. Um, most salespeople fail to lead, and they don't know how to take control of the question. Uh, control of the conversation and lead it down the path. Because the other part is that they don't know how to captivate focus because we're in a focus economy. So where focus is literally currency and most salespeople, um, this may sound terrible, but you know what? They're glorified order takers. They don't know how to sell to save their life. And 100%. for me, for a long time, I was like that, right? The thing is, is I had to learn how to sell and persuade. And the thing is, it's all about captivating focus and keeping their attention. Because if you and you have to continue to do that, because you're fighting with everything else that's going uh, on around them, from social media to TV to the kids in the background to you know what I'm hungry and it's getting close to dinner time. If you're doing a dinner presentation, like this is all important, and you've got to be aware of that contextual relevance. Because remember, as I said, as a behavioral analyst, you're looking for change. And it's the indicators of change in which you interpret. Where a lot of people will look at personality style and go, you know what? You did a personality assessment or I assessed you as this, but hold on. When it comes to finances, do you change personality style? At home or around your, your partner, is your personality style different? If you're making the decision by yourself, is your personality different? So there's a whole lot that's going on there. Yeah. I you think, talk uh, about context, you know, and all this dynamic. Much easier to read when you're in front of a person, but for the last two years, we've all been doing this stuff through Zoom and Teams meetings. you have any recommendations uh, for people for best practices on getting people to actually turn their camera on? You know, would you do a presentation to somebody who didn't have their camera on? Uh, I always ask for them to turn it on so I can get connect with them better. And they're like, hey, I, I love to see who I'm talking to and I love to engage with because you know what? Uh, if I wanted to talk to a blank wall, I'd just talk to the mirror today. Uh, and make it humorous and go like, hey, I love to see who you are. I love to see who my clients are. And I love to get uh, a better understanding with you, just like you like to look into my eyes, right? The thing is, is all, also like there's a whole lot of basics with this camera stuff. I believe selling over Zoom and selling over video conference is 100% easier because you control the environment. What you can't control is the distractions. And if you can't be aware of that and use that to your advantage, because if there is somebody doing the lawn outside and the, the landscape, keeping a driving back and forth going crazy. Like that's an obstacle you're going to have to address and deal with. Like, and just because you're on uh, a video conference doesn't mean you can't ask for that accountability. That's where a lot of people screw up. Like they just think that just because we're doing it online, I've got less authority, less control. Like if the situation isn't good for you to present, you go, you know what? It sounds like you're really distracted right now. And because this is so important, I need to make sure I've got your full attention. 
And could yeah, I mean, I like that. I like that uh, the way you said that. Is another way you can kind of start, like they do in the movie theaters. Please turn your phones off before the movie starts, so there's no distractions. Just hey, look, we're gonna go into some detail here, and and we're gonna ask some questions from you. It'd, it'd be best if you can kind of close out your email and flip your phone upside down, something like that. Is that another way you could yeah. do it? Pre, well, you, you know, know what I do is like uh, clear leadership. You know what, hey. Um, just out of respect for you, I'm going to put my phone on silent because I want to give you 100% of my attention um, because the, the financial matters we're going to talk about are sensitive but are also can impact the rest of your life and your family's life. So I'm going to put my phone upside down. It's not going to be a distraction to me. Um, if you want to do the same thing, I'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I like that. That's a more That's sensitive way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a very little slap over the head and go oh, bloody well pay attention i'm taking this i'm taking charge and making that happen yeah because i'm i'm in the i'm in the mindset of of you know uh setting hurdles for yourself in, in the meetings if people are going to have objections and you know the objections that are going to come cover them in the beginning of meeting i was reviewing one time somebody's in and you know at the end there was uncertainty about the company i said look you just cover it in the beginning of the meeting uh very briefly so you can get past that because if it comes in their head early they're going to just keep thinking about that establishing authority to right with your conversation. I like the direct approach, take the lead. Like you said, most salespeople are order takers. Most people in our business, unfortunately, are account managers. They think their job is to go get insurance numbers, shop their insurance premiums, stop loss, fully insured, and then go, hey, look what I did. Here's the here's the carriage. Which ones do you want to do? That's my job. My job is to show you the options. No, it's not your job. You're the consultant. They're paying you to tell them what to do. You're the expert, not them. They don't want to decide. You yeah, know, well, a lot of my... people will transfer that authority. You're 100% right. They go, okay, here's the plans. Which one do you want to do? Like That's like going to a doctor and going, hey, doc, uh, what medicine should I take? Or you know what? I've, I've got this pain. He's not going to go, well, you know what? There's six different uh, medicines you can take. Here's the price points, and there's a little few gaps in them. But do you know what? Which one do you want? You're like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make. I, a lot if I wanted of that. I would have gone to CVS. <laughs> I like that. That's a good, that's exactly what it's like. And uh, yeah, it's more people need to take authority in a meeting. I think we we talked last week about having an agenda. I think you should always have some sort of agenda, whether it be in your head. Or in writing, if you're using Zoom, you can do it on the first slide. Hey, look, just going to give you a brief overview of what we're going to talk about today. Is there anything you want to skip forward to? Or if you hear anything that, you know, you already heard, let me know. Because some people, they want to cut straight to the chase. And they go, no, blow over that. Just go to this. Right? Yeah, 100%. So, establish, like you said, establishing that. I love when somebody's control. I'm a different buyer. We're salespeople. I sometimes get so frustrated with the salesperson thinking, I'm a buyer. I'm here to buy today. Would you sell me already? You couldn't sell me. I, I was but here to buy. Because you're a D. That's because you're a D, and yeah. or uh, the the eagle, right? Where if you were the dove, you won't need to hear the stories. You need to have your the somebody's mom got this policy and the results they got. Or if you're the L, you want all the details. You want steps one through five. Absolutely. I like A through ten better. Yeah, A through ten, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about uh before we wrap up here talk to me about the uh the behavioral tracking that you're doing or the the with the ai intelligence so uh, uh there's one other thing i want to mention real quick so uh we've actually helped uh create what we call this million dollar sales script uh and in the book people ignorant which we published uh which you can get access to online for free if you don't want to pay the 24 bucks at amazon uh, if you do i'll get a beer don't worry about it the thing is in there there's a what we call the million dollar sales script if you guys want access to it 
go grab it, go use it because it shows you how to establish rapport and, and literally in less than 60 seconds, establish rapport, run a conversation um, and uh, literally be more effective at closing more. And we call it the million dollar sales script because it's literally generated millions of dollars for people. Um, so, and like I that's even did you stuff. You can get for, on your website because I'll, I'll yeah, that's something that get out. on the, uh, yeah, the website and through the book. And like I literally helped Jordan Belfort generate over 500 grand for some of the stuff he was doing in less than like two hours using some of my stuff way, way back. So, wow. um, yeah, like no, well, I'm aware of that, but, um, so one of the stuff we're doing is we literally have some technology that allows you to convert an email address or a LinkedIn URL into a full personality profile. So it takes 15 seconds and literally before you start to go talk to somebody, meet somebody, you can literally predict their personality. So you can know which bird they are. And if you know that walking in, like if you're walking into a couple, you can know what they are based on their LinkedIn. And then uh, you can then have a conversation script that we help you prepare to actually deal with that person and therefore close more rather than fumble around trying to work out who the hell they are, what they are, trying to connect with them because of the photos they got on the board or build rapport. You don't need to do that stuff if you know their true motivations. Um, And the second part of what we do is we literally – Uh, If people are recording their calls, so if you aren't recording your Zooms or having them transcribed, you're doing yourself a big disservice because how are you going to get feedback on your presentations? How are you going to get feedback on your communication? So what we can actually do is we analyze your call recordings or your transcripts or even the videos. We we detect the body language that you're emitting or your leads exhibited that you missed. Uh, We can show you over 100 different linguistic patterns to show you, look, at this point in the conversation, they exhibited the emotion of disgust. When they exhibited disgust, you lost them completely. They're so gone. They're, so, so you're saying this. So you're saying this. The health agents are, are blowing the meeting. You mean the meet the leads are not weak? It's not the leads. Oh no, man! It's always the leads. The, the leads are crap, man. The Facebook leads, like they're just rubbish. It's the lead. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. It's always the leads. It's never me. I am perfect. I I could sell ice to Eskimos. I I swear I see some you know people. Don't realize to look in a mirror. I know right away when it doesn't go good or I look at myself in a mirror and go, something's, something's up. I'm not doing something and I got to fix it. I might send Craig the video, look it over, or have somebody else look at it because you may not see the things you're doing that other people will see, right? Oh, you, um, you don't, you don't and, see it. Uh, talk to me for a minute because a lot of guys in our, in our industry are shiny objects, right? Shiny object syndrome. They think that they're going to go go to a conference, they're going to find a product or program and then they're going to, they're going to 10 X their sales. What's the correlation between maybe product knowledge or learning new products as far as helping it close versus working on sales psychology and your sales skills, what we're talking about today. Uh, Billions gets made because we're an instant gratification generation and they know that they can hook you with a shiny object. You ain't going to implement or use. The thing is, is the best insurance salespeople, the best salespeople we've analyzed out there anywhere in the world uh, may not be the smartest cookies in the shed, but you know what they can do? They connect with a person authentically and people just love working with them. They don't need to have all the bloody knowledge because you know what? That's why you've got an office of people that will do crap for you. What you, you have one damn job and that's to connect with the person in front of you authentically and just lead them to the best product, captivate their focus and lead them to signing on the dotted line. That's your only job. Facebook software, this software, that software ain't going to do crap 
about doing that. That's why our software can literally help you get a 5x return on your investment and minimum because what we're doing is we're giving you a feedback on what you're saying and how what you're saying is sabotaging your communication but also what you're missing in the communication because you're not paying attention. You've become ignorant to how we communicate now with each other. Like people can't have a conversation anymore. Like no guru stage product is buddy going to solve you from that. Yeah, I, I think it's a great point. We say it all the time on this show, the best, the best advice. Well, I shouldn't say the best advisors, the advisors that have the biggest block of business or make the most money are always the guys that can get in front of people. And like you said, make connections with them. And, and that's the key to it. They, they don't know everything about every product. They're subject matter experts for it. You're selling self-funding. Guys, you don't need to know everything about everything. As long as you got a team or somebody you can go to, you just got to lead the way with the prospect who doesn't know anything anyway. Um, Do you know, gonna, I forget the name of the insurance agent who um, he literally had no voice. There was a, a, a an insurance agent who literally had no voice. Uh, and he literally had to sit in front of people with uh, one of the uh, chalkboards and literally write out everything he was doing. He had a Rolodex of business like in the tens of millions. And he literally had no, he would walk around to people's houses and he would do the whole presentation where he was writing stuff out. I forget his name, but he was in, he just stuck at it. Like, so it's, you don't need gadgets. You don't need a laptop with slide, fancy slideshows. You, some of the best multi-million dollar presentations I've done where I've literally sat with a piece of paper and drawn stuff in front of people. I believe it. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up here. Ben, where, where can they find you and learn more about you and your program? Uh, behaviorsales.com is where they can find us. They can learn more and access our training. And if they want some uh, personality training, we can help them actually become humans and connect with uh, others. So to just tell me real briefly about about that. I, I'm a sales guy. I've got, you know, Zoom videos or things like that that I'm doing. I can kind of send it to you guys and learn more. Or how does it work? Yeah. So like uh, you can literally send us your recordings, your core recordings. We can even analyze your emails and actually show you where people are losing interest. We can predict churn. Uh, there's over 100 things we can analyze. Like when we analyze your calls, we can actually show you. For example, there's a simple thing we call the happiness sandwich. People remember the start and finish of everything. They forget the middle, right? So the thing is, is did your call start happy? Did it start with you having influ influence and confidence? And did it finish happy? Because if you finish your call negative, you've now got a negative emotion that's got to resolve. And what usually happens with negative emotions, they fester and they turn into something else. So when you call that lead back or that client back, they're frustrated, they ghost you, they do all this type of stuff because you literally left them in a negative state. So we can actually show you and analyze all that for you. Uh, we can show you if you have influence over these people, if you had authority. We can even tell you if they were open based on their language to you, if they were even open mentally to hear what you were saying. Love it. I love it. Hey, Ben, thanks so much for coming on the show. Love to have you back again. We'll talk more. Uh, thanks again. Hey, pleasure. Awesome. Have fun, fellas. Hey, guys, we'll see you Thank next you, week. Same place, same time. Thanks for joining us. 8 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. Pacific, Heads Up Advisor every week. See you soon.